Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Today on episode 34 of season three, obviously we have a guest. You can see the guest that we have on. We have Mallory on today, but I want to reach out and say thank you to thank you to the people that, you know, that come out and listen every week. Um, today is going to be an awesome, an awesome episode. Um, for me personally, highly anticipated. I'm super excited to get into what we're talking about. Um, if you listened to the episode with Anthony Garo from Boston College, we're going to be talking a little bit similar kind of topic along those lines, but deeper this time. Um, just because I think Mallory and what and what her creative staff are doing over at BGSU um, is super applicable to that topic, and I think we can go you know super far in that. And we're also going to be talking about some other things as well. But yes, thank you for coming out today to episode thirty-four, Mallory. Thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule you you have and and everything like that. So yeah, thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Um. So yeah, I guess if you just want to hop into introducing yourself to the people that don't know you, uh, don't know who you are, and then we'll kind of get into, you know, the list of things that we're going to kind of go over. Yeah, of course. So as Jared said, Mallory Heiser, I am the director of creative services for Bowling Green State University Athletics. We are in Bowling Green, Ohio. We are not in Kentucky. Common misconception. Um, I won't. Ca- I won't call anyone out. I won't name any names, but mm-hmm. it happens relatively often. But raise my hand. Um, <laughs> no worries. Like <laughs> I said, it really does happen all the time. Um, so I graduated from BGSU in the spring of 2018 and worked very briefly for an ad agency, doing logos and branding and email and all that kind of stuff. Really more heavily into like the actual marketing side of graphic design still doing graphics and stuff like that but Mm. most of it was very like agency focused and to be honest with you I was just so bored with it (laughs) um and I had worked on our campus as a graphic designer briefly during college for our ice arena here we have hockey and really really enjoyed that and had done a lot of photography and stuff like that my background is mostly in commercial product photography and somehow after graduation in the fall of 18 i think we had already had several home football games or at least one by the time i started i ended up here in sports um had no like no desire during college if you would have asked me hey Mallory what are you going to do with your life I never would have said like sports design is going to be where I'm at I never would have been like oh I'll be at UCLA and taking pictures of a football game like things like that just never would have even crossed my mind as a potential for my career but I'm here now and I'm absolutely in love with it I couldn't imagine doing anything else so that's like the kind of random career random what did Mallory do with her life before she got to BGSU? (laughs) I never really left to be honest with you. Um, But then I'm also a crazy dog lady. I have a German shepherd. His name is Bauer. I'm a huge hockey fan. So he's named after the um, hockey company. And then I'm also kind of like a crazy plant lady. I have a six foot tall cactus in my living room. And those are just some random facts about me that you wouldn't know from my design work. A six foot tall cactus. Yes, his name is Perry. I don't name any of the other plants, just the six-foot-tall cactus. Yeah, I feel like if you have something that big, you kind of have to name it. If it's like, you know, in your living room, you know, you kind of have to name it. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know what else. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a bit of a statement piece, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what else? Like, you walk in and boom, there it is. What kind of... 
this is going to sound weird. Like I know what I'm talking about, but what kind of cactus is it? I can't remember exactly what kind it is, but it's like basically the kind you'd see like out in the desert. Like it has like the trunk and like the really big spines. I'm always kind of afraid the dog is going to get too close to it, but thankfully yeah. he avoids it really well. I've had it for a couple years, had the dog a couple years. We're doing well so far. Okay. But no, I wish I knew. I'm more of like a tropical plant person in general. So even the fact that this cactus is still alive, I'm very proud of myself for <laughs> It's like, so you have like a big old desert saguaro cactus in your freaking living room. Essentially, yes. Oh, interesting. I've never heard of that. I've heard of like the little, like, you know, these, the, the bulby ones that are this big and you set next to your desk or whatever. <laughs> yep. No, it's huge. I got it on Facebook Marketplace. It's like 30 years old. I don't know. So you, Fun fact, pandemic hobbies. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So you've had your dog for a couple years? Yeah, he is turning six this June. Fantastic. My wife and I just got a puppy like, oh crap, how long ago? Two, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, the eighth, I think we got our puppy. So fresh, fresh puppy. He is so fresh. His name is Stan. Um, He's a golden retriever and he is a little nut job. He is insane people at work were like oh it's like having a child and obviously i mean we don't know what having a child is like so it's like oh okay sure whatever and i guess when you have a child it's no sleep and take them outside every two hours <laughs> yeah they uh every time i see someone with a puppy i'm like i need to get a puppy again and then i remember what it was like having a puppy and like being the only like he's mine like I raised him and being like oh like you do you really want to get up at like 3 a.m again when he has to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. maybe not quite yet yeah I, I can't imagine doing it by myself my wife and I we for the first like week and a half we took shifts but now he's kind <laughs> of like he's kind of like easing into like being comfortable sleeping in his kennel so it, I mean last night we went to bed at like Eight thirty, nine o'clock and he came into his kennel and he was up at like 10 30 wanting to go to the bathroom because we forgot to let him out before we went to bed and then he woke up at like four and we usually get up at five so it's like i'll take that Ooh. so i it's mean like, that's not too bad yeah it, it's it definitely was worse like in the beginning granted he's you know skittish new puppy experiencing new things so it's like it was every hour hour and a half two hours max in between when he like sound asleep to restlessness and that was it probably one of the hardest things we've had to do so far in life is now like you got a little thing that's dependent on you and it's like okay this is what it is i guess <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like it's really scary i can't imagine like i've also heard people say it's similar to having a child i don't have a kid <laughs> but it makes me be like man these people out here with like toddlers and stuff like I commend them. That's so scary. They're just so dependent on you. Like at least Bauer's like six now and he's like mm -hmm. essentially self-sufficient. Like I feed him, I let him out. I make sure he has water. We go for walks, we play. But other than that, he just like does his own thing because he's like a grown up now. Right. Man, kids, it takes them a while to get to be little grown ups. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, well, you know, different stages in life and everything. You never really know. But yeah, I, excuse me, just dealing with like because people at work are making fun of me because like they ask me oh how's the dog and then I, I tell them what's going on and they're like 
nothing. Don't even don't even talk about don't even slightly <laughs> complain about what you're going through because they have like two kids or some mm. you know a coworker of mine she had twins and she's like yeah don't even just wait until you have kids <laughs> and I was just like oh goodness hey my experience is this is you know this is what I've experienced and I'm just you know oh my I can't even imagine <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay. So yeah, let's kind of get into what we have on the docket today. Um, I'll kind of preface what we're getting into, um, for the people listening, I'll say something here quickly. Um, go down below, by the way, um, all of Mallory's socials will be down below. Well, like Twitter, um, Twitter mainly. I don't know if, if you want me to add anything else like social wise, Twitter is probably your main thing, right? Twitter is the main thing. Like you can follow me on Instagram, but I don't, I think I'm funnier than I probably am. So like Twitter is probably a safe place to stay. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, her socials will be down below, but what we're going to be referencing here um, at the beginning is what's on her portfolio. So that will be down below as well. Um, her Behance link will be down there. So if you're, if you're listening kind of on a desktop or whatever, and you're able to kind of, you know, look, um, click that link and kind of reference things if you want or post podcast, you know, go look at her work. Um, more power to you, but I wanted to kind of let that out there so people can kind of, you know, possibly relate a little bit easier to what we're going to be talking about. But so creative for BGSU, um, we talked a little bit yesterday in kind of like our meeting, (laughs) I guess, first meeting, um, about, you know, your whole situation at, I want to say Bowling Green State but for some reason saying Bowling Green State makes me think of Kentucky. So Yeah, but, we do Bowling Green, BGSU. The Bowling Green State's kind of like a faux pas. But. Okay, okay. So <laughs> we talked a little bit about like your work and everything at BGSU. If you don't mind kind of familiarizing the people with your situation, just to kind of have them understand the creative situation and the creative department situation. And then – because I think that will just glorify – the work that, that you do and, and like, it'll glorify it more than it already is because you know, the, yeah, just explain it. (laughs) We'll go into it. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. (laughs) No, you're good. So like I said, I'm the director of creative services here. Um, I am our only full-time graphic designer. I am also our only in-house photographer that's full-time. Um, I have a few volunteer students to do photography, but that's mainly what makes up the, team of photography for our athletic department. And then I also run all of our main social media channels and then help and lead the direction on like basically every other channel, but I am day to day, mostly just our main channels. Um, I have a team of, I should have counted. We even talked about this yesterday, Mm -hmm. but I have about 13, 15 student interns. They're all volunteer, which I am totally aware is very problematic in the sports space. We take advantage of free labor way too much. It's a whole different conversation that we can get into if you want to, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, just know that they are very minimal things are asked of them and it is all mental health is prioritized or school schedules prioritized. Anything else they're doing is prioritized over this. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, I then have a part-time 20 hour a week paid assistant director her name is morgan she's incredible check out her work she has a handful of her own sports here that she covers so uh women's basketball being one of the main ones she absolutely kills it with them but she does part-time here 
So she is 20 hours a week and I try really hard to protect that. Um, very, very, very rarely does she go over 20 hours a week unless she's doing stuff in her off time when she's not supposed to be. <laughs> but um, she just loves it so much. Um, but I try really hard to protect her and all of my interns on that kind of stuff. Like this shouldn't be something they're stressed out about. It should be something that they're having a really good time with. So yeah, for the most part, the creative team is me and then Morgan, some interns. And we do have a few assistant coaches or ops directors or people like that who kind of fill in who really enjoy graphic design and enjoy this part of the industry who I meet with and I help them and I teach them things and they teach me things, but that has kind of helped us fill a lot of the needs that we weren't able to do before because it was just too much of a demand. And I'm sure, especially at the um, mid-major level, that's not super uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of have you lay, lay the land and lay, I guess your creative department's situation. Um, and I mean, yeah, like you referenced, um, that we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, but to be honest, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised with your creative situation and I don't really want to say how little you guys are staffed because I mean, you have, and you have a lot of student interns, you know, you have, you know, the situation there, you have technically a lot of bodies, but it's like people that are hired on to develop the creative. It's very minimal. And that was surprising to me because the stature of work that you and your creative staff have produced is insane. I love it. It it's awesome. I, I mean, I kind of commended you adequately yesterday. Um, I let you know how appreciative I was of your amazing work. And, um, and I know people listening that, that know you and that are familiar with your work would most likely think the same thing. Um, so kind of going into your development of the creative, you can kind of talk, um, more recent, if that, that kind of helps, um, anything, but so like talking about your development of the creative, what was kind of like your, your starting point, where did you want to, where did you want to kind of, you know, go with, and then how have you kind of adapted that along the road? Yeah. So very briefly, I just want to touch on the fact that I had a really unique opportunity that when I was hired here, there was no creative person. It was just interns or students kind of filling the role. So I had a really unique opportunity to start from scratch mm -hmm. and a lot of creative freedom from our administration to kind of take it in any direction I wanted, um, which was very, very exciting. So one of the biggest things in recent years that we've started leaning into is the fact that we are one of the only schools in the country. I Don't quote me on this. I should look it up. I haven't. I do believe we're the only school that's FBS in the country with the colors orange and brown. Um, and mm. I'm like 90% sure on that fact. But if we're not the only one, we are one of very, very few. Um, and there aren't a ton in general that use orange anyway. Obviously, you have your Clemson, you have your Tennessee and all those things. But we decided to lean really heavily into that. Um we don't have really cool things like how Air Force has some really cool assets that they can use, like planes and things like that. And then, you know, there are just there are schools like Clemson that you can lean into the paw print. You can lean into the tiger stuff. We don't really have that. We're just a Midwest school with like a really unique community and a really I love Bowling Green, obviously, as an alumni. But there aren't a lot of things that I can pull in in that aspect. So I decided that I wanted us to stand out. We're very, very close to Ohio State. We're very close to Michigan. We're very close to our 
arch nemesis Toledo. Um, and a lot of other Mac schools are really concentrated in this kind of area. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to stick out and leaning into the bright orange, leaning into just the loudest, most obnoxious typography that you can think of is something that I've, I've dabbled into harder and harder. And then we've pulled back a little bit this year, just in terms of keeping things simple and easy to work with, but being loud and then streamlining the process. Like you said, um, we do a lot of work here. We have 18 sports. We're also responsible for the department. We're responsible for development. If someone needs a basketball court, if someone needs a bus design, if someone needs a logo, that's all coming from Morgan and I. So making it as quick and also really pretty as we can has been the focus. So we don't do a ton of cutouts. I think the gymnastic senior day graphics I did like a week or two ago was the first time I've done a cutout in like legitimately months. <laughs> I had to rewatch like shadow tutorials. Please don't look too closely at the shadows if you're looking at my portfolio. Those ones are not. I we blew it on that, but um, I'm actually, so just that I'm, is I'm really actually curious. I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna pull up that project. I'm actually. Pretty oh curious. no! I think. Did you tweet about it too? I think you tweeted oh, about I did. it. Yeah, I like I said. I think I'm funnier than I probably really am. <laughs> I'm just I'm just paging through here. No, nah, you're good. But yeah, so we don't do a lot of cutouts, truly. So the shadows there was it's been a long time since I've had to do any. No, it's they're good. I think they do the job. They don't have to be, you know, that's the thing. I think shadows for in, within sports with with cutouts, it's like it, it, all you got to do is establish that they're standing on something, right? That's really all you got to <laughs> do. I mean, creating the depth exactly. Exactly. So it's like, okay, sorry, I interrupted a little bit just cuz I wanted to I wanted to see. <laughs> no, nah, you're okay. I mean, I called myself out, so it was only right that you went and looked it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the way you guys have developed the creative and kept it, you know, consistent through multiple sports is something I've, I've been super impressed by. And cause I mean, now like, I guess consistent in a way of, you know, like similar typography um similar kind of like you have your style you know you have your overall mm -hmm. style but obviously obviously sport to sport there may be some differences here difference in photo treatment difference in layout you know that type of thing just to kind of make something a little bit you know unique catered towards the sport but overall that like you could you could take every graphic and apply a style guide to everything and you're hitting it right you're hitting it um but yeah i mean the orange, like leaning on the orange, I love that. Um, orange and brown, that is a very curious, that's a curious color palette um, about, you know, the the F FBS thing that you, that you brought up. Because, I mean, orange is obviously, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of schools that either have orange as their primary, like the schools that you mentioned, or use orange as like a, a secondary or a tertiary. So it's like going orange you were like, Hey, let's, if we're going to go orange, let's fucking go orange. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I can't commend it enough, but everything is just super interesting and it's, it's out of the box and, but it stays consistent being out of the box. So like when you go along the lines of explaining that you want to stand out, it hits, you know, it does. And I, I know probably feedback that you've probably gotten, or I mean your team in general, you probably all think it hits as well but the more curious thing that i that we kind of talked about a little bit yesterday and that i guess when i reference anthony's episode this is what we talked about with bc um how usable 
is I guess that that style when it when you know when going between creative to creative granted your department isn't super huge so you I think in his situation in Anthony's situation there's him and maybe a handful of other full-timers and then um you know creative throughout like video and um you know different the creative different creative departments as well that are using the same kind of style guide so he had a little bit more people to work with but when it comes to your creative i'll get to the question here (laughs) when it comes to your creative style that you've kind of established where you like when, when you were developing developing it how difficult or how easy was it while considering usability between different creatives so I think something that's kind of a testament to the usability would be the fact that a lot of our SIDs are updating the templates on their own. Um, we've taught them how to do like learning, how to use smart objects and learning how to use clipping masks. Mm-hmm. I am probably one of the biggest proponents of clipping masks you will ever meet in this <laughs> industry. Like, I don't know that there's a project I've done in months that doesn't involve a clipping mask. Um, but teaching them how to do those things, I think more so than even our other creative staff and other assistant coaches and other people who are creating things, the SIDs are updating a lot of their game day graphics. They're doing their own final score graphics. The So we are focusing on that usability aspect of that content almost all the time. I mean, it's conversations Morgan and I meet every Monday Mm -hmm. and it's okay. We're working on this graphic. Is this going to be something we're updating? Is it going to be something the SID is updating? Okay. It's the SID. We need to set it up with them in mind. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that they have this font and it's accessible to them because they use windows computers. I mean, no hate to the windows people, the PC people, but like we're Mac girlies. So we just have to keep those kinds of things in mind that their accessibility to what the components is different and our IT department is very like stringent on downloading fonts to computers and just there's a lot that goes into it so I think that is a really big indicator of the usability of our content because it's not just us that has to use it sometimes it's assistant coaches updating it sometimes it's you know I mean almost all the time it's the SIDs or it's the marketing department if they need to throw together a quick little graphic for a bobblehead giveaway they can just go get it on Dropbox and download it and immediately update it themselves without having to involve Morgan or I because the templates already been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something that I think like I guess personally I haven't experienced that usability aspect until I'm I got the job that I'm in now. Um, like last year, I was I was grateful enough to uh, I guess not. I was grateful for the opportunity to develop a lot of our, you know, game day coverage stuff. And that, that had, you know, a lot of, a lot of templates as, you know, things kind of have when you are dealing with game day and, um, especially with baseball, you know, different types of, cause I feel like baseball is such a, you know, black and white sport sometimes, you know, you have nine innings, it's, you know, pretty basic. There's nothing super exciting the majority of the time. Cause it's baseball, you know, unless you like baseball, but if you don't really like baseball, it's not super exciting. So there were some variations in templates and everything and having to think about who's going to be using this. Is our intern going to have to edit this? If I'm gone, will someone that's going to be able to, you know, know what's going on be or someone that's not as versed in this template as me, are they going to know what they're going to have to do when it comes to um, updating it and everything like that? Um, And, you know, that whole aspect of, designing within a team is something that was pretty new to me and 
talking with people um, that have dealt with design systems like yours at BGSU. And that's kind of a similar type of thing that has to be dealt with because one, you never know who's going to have to update it because you may be busy or the people that know how to do it are doing other things. So it's like, you might as well make it, you know, make it easy or be able to set up a way for people to know how, um, I feel like that's an aspect of design that may be used or maybe not used as much. Maybe that's just me being slightly arrogant. I don't know to the fact of sports design, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Excuse me. But yeah, like when it, when it comes to, when it comes to like the, um, the development of this, I kind of want to go back to from, from the start was what was her name again morgan her name was morgan Mm -hmm. were you kind of talking with morgan about ideation and concepting and stuff like that or did you just kind of jump in and whatever kind of came of it you're like hey this looks cool let's just you know go from here yeah so this is morgan's second year um she is on a tier contract so she's actually looking for jobs she's incredible so if anybody listening (laughs) is looking to hire just the most incredible person you could ever have around I don't know what I do without her I'm gonna be really sad when she has to leave but um she's in her second year so especially this past summer um not so much the one before because she started in August but this past summer we had a lot of meetings that were sitting down and mood boarding what football was gonna look like and a lot of times and I think this is just the nature of being at the group of five level and being a smaller staff we Mm. sort of tackle football first because it starts happening first and then there's a bit of a trickle down from there where we break apart the components and the gears and stuff and apply it elsewhere but it was a lot of sitting down and just looking at tons and tons of content like what are what are some other schools doing but mostly we focus a lot of our inspiration and a lot of our discussion on like editorial concepts and designs that have nothing to do with sports because we've found that it it's part of what makes our brand stand out a lot I think Mm -hmm. is the fact that we're kind of going this really weird path that's like in sports design but it's also like kind of doing its own weird really wavy thing over here I don't know but that's kind of what that looks like so we sit down and we talk about it and I love I love her getting her opinion because for so long in this role I'm in my fifth year I didn't really have anybody I could ask or bounce ideas off of um it was really kind of just me and occasionally I'd have a student that would be really really passionate about design and branding and the process and I'd be able to talk to her or them and like discuss that mostly her. And there's like one other one that was really awesome. Lauren Perry, she's doing cool things too. But um, <laughs> so I'd be able to talk to those students and get ideas and see if I had a dumb idea or if it was cool or if it was worth pursuing or if we didn't have the manpower to do it. But having Morgan around has been just like amazing. She has helped so much, I think, in the current direction and showing me things and nudging me in directions and pushing the boundaries of our design where sometimes she's making stuff and I like walk into the office and I look over her shoulder and I'm like oh I'm gonna steal that Mm -hmm. and like I'm gonna like I'm not joking I'm gonna put that on my next baseball graphic or something like that and I did it's on our game day graphic but she always jokes that that's the point she steals stuff from me and I steal stuff from her 
but that's the point of the brand is that we're doing the same things and that it all looks the same. But that was a very long winded answer to your question of yes, Morgan and I sit down and we brainstorm, we mood board. I, you can see tons of like ideas hanging. Maybe you can, other people may not be able to, but there's tons (laughs) of stuff hanging on my bulletin board of like ideas and concepts that we've printed off and looked at and album covers and just all sorts of off the wall stuff where eventually we pulled little bits and pieces and we put it together in the brand guide. Mm-hmm. So I think what you mentioned in that explanation would be a good, something you mentioned in the, in that explanation would be a good kind of segue into something else that we're going to talk about is basically I, I'm going to read it verbatim for my notes. Cause I think that kind of stages it a little bit is how much creativity makes a difference within sports. So specifically within um, like you're talking about like, grabbing inspiration from editorial design or stuff that's outside of sports and moving that into the sports realm. We talked a little bit about this to kind of preview the idea and the topic yesterday. Um, and I think we are at a really good spot yesterday when it came to this. It's like, so like some, some designs, um, I'm not going to reference anything specifically, but some designs and sometimes when I'm personally designing, it's like, Hey, I think this looks awesome. But then it comes to the consideration of the audience. What What is the graphic for? Like, it, this looks super cool from a designer standpoint, but is this the best solution for our audience and for them to take in the information? Um, so I guess to blatantly ask, what is your opinion when it comes to that topic? How do you guys get, you know, when, when developing, you know, a game day graphic or, you know, something informative to you know, let the audience and the fans know what's going on. How, like, do you consider um, communication? Do you consider how people are going to take it in? How are people going to look? Um, like, how are people going to look at the graphic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so I want to preface it with, like, obviously everybody's brand is their own brand, so mm-hmm. I am not the end-all be-all. But my opinion, mm-hmm. I think there, I struggle to find a happy medium. I think there's something to be said for doing things that are really exciting and really different and draw the user's eye because we want them to stop the scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of what we're all trying to do is stop the user from scrolling. But I also believe very, very strongly in readability and usability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very passionate about trying to make our graphics as accessible as possible. Um, should someone who is seeing them has a visual impairment or maybe struggles with low contrast imagery or things like that. So that's something that we've been trying to work on too. You may have noticed like, probably not. I don't know why I said you may have noticed. I'm sure no one has ever noticed, but (laughs) we've shifted the orange background to be a little bit darker of an orange because it helps that contrast with white text and things like that on top of it. Um, What a wild thing. I'm sure... I wonder if you've noticed. You haven't. No I'm gonna, one has. I'm going to um, go look now. I'm going to go look now. You'll just notice. You'll <laughs> once we, like, it's pointed out. Our older stuff is a lot like more of a bright orange, and we've shifted to a little bit more of a gradient that has the bright orange, but it's predominantly a darker, redder orange. Um, to, real, real quick, to back that up, just even looking at your Behance thumbnails, I can tell. So, kudos. <laughs> now, see, now I'm sure you've noticed yep, because I sure. made you. <laughs> Okay, sorry, but, interrupted you. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so that is something that I feel really strongly about. And at the beginning of the season, we actually had a meeting. She was our interim athletic director at the time, but she's currently our deputy AD in SWA, so Stacey Koziak. She said something to me that's really, really stuck with me. Um, 
that we should be removing any barriers between our fans or whoever, our target audience. We should be removing any barriers between our target audience and our work. So I I don't know why that hit so, like, I have not stopped thinking about that at every graphic I've made since. So every time I make a graphic, the fan needs to know, say it's a game day informational piece, because we do break graphics up here in terms of, like, this is informational, this is just for fun, like those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But an yeah, informational for sure. graphic for me, game day, like, you need to know it's a game day graphic. You need to know who the opponent is. You need to know what time the game is being played, and you need to know where it is. Mm-hmm. Those are like, and you need to know what sport, but we normally take care of that with like photography. If the photography's not on it, you need to tell people what sport it is. <laughs> um, and you will never see a graphic here that just says like basketball and then like women's basketball. We are so stringent on the like, no, it's men's basketball and it's women's basketball. FYI, because that I saw that come up recently in like some social media stuff. But hmm. um, so that is something that I focus on really, really strongly. So to me, it doesn't matter really how cool a graphic is and how cool it looks. If you're trying to sell a ticket to an event and that fan doesn't know who you're playing and doesn't know where it, they don't know where it is and they don't know what time it is, your graphic failed. Mm-hmm. So I feel very strongly about that. Other people may not, but. You cannot expect people to click a link every time. You cannot expect people to read the copy of the tweet every single time. Obviously, sometimes it's necessary. You can't put everything in a graphic. But there are certain aspects to me that like an informational graphic, they need to stand alone. And those are the big things, especially when we're at our level. And our primary focus is always going to be ticket sales. It's going to be ticket sales. It's going to be recruiting. And then it's going to be fundraising. And that's kind of the mindset I have to go into with all of my graphics. Um, My direct boss, who is our assistant AD for marketing, one of his great points is, what if I make a really cool graphic and we know that it has this specific information that goes with it, but it's in the tweet, but say campus just grabs the graphic from Twitter. And the graphic didn't actually have that one little key piece of information on it. And, but it was in the tweet, but they didn't pull the copy from the tweet. They just pulled the graphic. So now that little bit is lost in translation because they don't have it. Mm -hmm. So that was also another thing. In addition, it goes with that removing any barriers between, you know, your target audience and your content. Mm -hmm. I know that was very long winded, but I do feel like I feel very passionately about like removing barriers and accessibility and readability and usability. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think the explanation is good because I mean, at least I was able to understand your whole kind of outlook when it came to this type of stuff. I mean, let's be honest, we're, you know, being, being designers, we like to kind of go a little bit outside the box when it comes to, you know, designing in general, we like to have the opportunity to do something a little bit different than, you know, what we're doing consistently. So I guess when it, when it comes to that, in my experience, I've had to come down to earth a little bit as well and be like, okay, so at a base level, right? What's the graphic used for? How is it going to be, you know, taken in, you know, at at a base level, especially when designing for social media, yes, it's digital. So if they really want to know, they can, you know, go like this and zoom in if they want. But they never do. They exactly. Just, they never do. They just email the AD okay. and tell them that they can't read something that was on the graphic. And then the AD's like, hey, Mallory, nobody can read this graphic. And I'm like, yes, they can. They just don't need to read that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like I've I've had to consider this type of stuff when when designing as well. It's like there was um I think a super early episode that I did. It was titled Aesthetic versus Utilization. And I talked about, you know, where that where that happy medium has been for myself in my experiences. And I I don't know. Like I love seeing super cool shit and you know, super cool, like player treatment, super cool, different design elements within it that I've never seen before. But it kind of makes me sink in my chair and wonder because I have to go like this sometimes to find information that needs to be seen easily, easily, or in an essence, easier, you know, when it comes to, you know, a game day or when it comes to, you know, just anything informational that needs to be read and needs to be taken in. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, like maybe that's all we have to say about this topic, but, um, when it comes to marketing, like that stuff is, has to be considered. And especially when it comes to collegiate athletics, you're trying to sell tickets and you're trying to let people know how to see your brand in person. So it's like, why would you not have information on there that needs to be, well, whether it's on there or not, but it needs to be read and it needs to be taken in without a shadow of a doubt of where things are, what's happening, when it is, you know, I don't know. No, I, I completely agree with you. And one of the things that I also had to like, just a lesson I had to learn is like, I feel like sports design, we all went through this really weird phase for a while there where we were making our institutional logo, like tiny, like it was just so small on the graphic. And I don't know why, And I think a lot of schools are starting to pull away from that. We certainly have. But it was back to that idea of like, okay, if someone pulls this graphic and the logo is super duper teeny tiny and you can't really find it that easily, are people going to know it's BG? I hope so because I've worked really hard to do that. (laughs) But without the logo and people don't know our brand, it needs to be easily recognizable. Like, again, I'm not going to call anyone out, but I saw a graphic, I think it was last week, and I loved the graphic. But I had no idea what school it was from. Mm. I had no idea. Like, I had to, like, do the little Zoom and <laughs> scroll around and try and find. And I finally found, the like, the school's logo. But it was so small that, like, I had initially thought it was a completely different school. And, like I said, the graphic was so cool. Like, it made me stop scrolling. And I think there's something to be said for that when we're sports designers. If you see something that, like, immediately stops you and you're like, oh, I need to save this for my next mood board or I want to hold on to this because the mm-hmm. concept is so cool. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what school it was from. So I don't know. I just – I think there's something – we could talk forever about, like, the usability versus aesthetic and what looks cool versus what actually works and all that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just need to make the school money. <laughs> Yeah, in, in all honesty, it, it, I mean, the directive for making, you know, promotional graphics is to get people to what you're promoting, right? And that involves whether it's buying a ticket or whether it's, you know, to see your brand, you know, that's just what it is with within the business that we design in. That's just what it is. And, and being able to design something to where there's no confusion, you know where it is, you know what time it is, you know who's playing a part what it's about that type of thing it's yeah yeah i it's it should be something that should be considered all the time but sometimes it just it just isn't and you know i'll add something small something small to the back end of this conversation and and maybe you can touch on it as well but the argument of well it's our brand we're, we're like well like the response to 
why isn't this readable or why is this why is this information not on here well it's it's our brand you know where i guess if i guess i will ask the question when it comes to establishing a brand do you think that's an error when you know maybe some text is used as a texture rather than an inform, informative material when there's nothing else informative on something yeah so we've had a lot of discussions about that too and I do think, and we, I used to do it, and I do think it's an error if that information is not already clearly laid out, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have game day written on there, so itty bitty, teeny tiny that you can't read it, and it's aesthetic, but you can't read it, but it doesn't say game day anywhere else on the graphic, like, I think that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we try really hard, and this may be counterintuitive, but our brand guidelines are not wildly specific like i would say there is a lot of freedom within our our guidelines that are like printed out and handed out and given to people there are certain things about the logo and there are certain things about the color and the fonts but there's a lot of just here's a mood board here's the vibe here are assets that you can use here are things i would prefer you not do but i try to keep it very broad because i think when you have that response of, well, it's the brand, you pigeonhole yourself, you pigeonhole your brand, it limits growth, it limits experience and that evolution of like, well, now we've started doing this thing and it's not working and people don't know what it is and they're emailing the AD about it. Hello, (laughs) that's me. Um, Because our fans are, some of our fans are a little older and they couldn't read it. So I had to learn a lesson there where it's like, okay, well, it can't be our brand because it's not working. Mm -hmm. So having to learn that lesson and take it out, but hopefully that answered the back the back end of that question of like i do think there's something to be said for getting too pigeonholed into your brand and it not working and you need to you need to reroute if it's not if people don't get it if if your end consumer is not getting it then it's not working and it shouldn't be part of your brand Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah i think you summarized summarized that up awesomely um something that i that i kind of caught while you were explaining the creation of everything i'm going to kind of jump back um, something that I caught, like you're, you were talking about, um, not using cutouts very often. Um, and that kind of stems back to something that we talked about last night as well, just in conversation about, um, staff limitations within collegiate athletics and, and staff limitations with what you've mentioned as well in your situation, but also how that influences how you have to design certain things and thinking about, again, usability between other people, but, um, kind of, you know, to kind of end off the podcast, touching on while you were developing creative and you were thinking about, maybe we already touched on this. Um, but like kind of describe thinking about that whole situation and, you know, developing the design and developing the creative within the BGSU brand, um, while also thinking of, possible time limitations, um, you know, pushing things out in a timeless, ma- timely manner because you have to deal with 17,000 different things. And I hope that question was kind of, you know, delivered. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it made sense. Um, so one of our really big focuses, and like you said, I, and I mentioned earlier, I don't do a lot of cutouts. Like we don't do a lot of cutouts and it's because it takes, it takes forever. And in the grand scheme of what we're doing every day, I mean, we're, we're working the home events. We're do like, we're just doing everything. Mm. And that's just a place 
where the like the return on investment it's not there for us so trying to figure out okay well what can we do instead and one of the big things for me was it probably comes from the fact that I have a background in a, in photography and am our full-time photographer we have such a huge database of really emotive photography and I think for me that's one of the most incredible parts of sport is the emotion and how much these kids care about what they're doing and the game they're playing and even in practice mm-hmm. and why why aren't we utilizing that more in favor of just using some awkwardly posed photo of like someone from a year like you know what I mean like to me we just weren't getting out of that what we wanted and granted we still do post photo shoots and we use them for our posters I'm like looking up at my wall that has like our schedule posters on it um we use those but I think in terms of speed and return on investment and also just using the content that we're already spending time like we're already going to the games we're already taking the pictures and we're doing that for hours every week why are we not using that more? Like, mm-hmm. why is the only place that it's going to go up on a photo gallery on the website and maybe it might get posted on Twitter? So why not use it and show it? And I have one of my big, big, like, focuses on that too is, like, making sure we have really bright and punchy photography that's going to match how bright and punchy our graphics are. Mm-hmm. So it's not – I think a lot of our graphics would not stand on their own if it wasn't for the photography. Like, I'll be really honest with that. I think some of them are very, very simple and they are able to stand out and they are able to draw attention because the photography is like in your face. Like Mm -hmm. I don't really give people a choice. And I know sports photographers and photographers in general have opinions on like over editing and things like that. But for us, it works. And it is part of that brand of that bright and loud and attention grabbing and my hope is that like you're going to be able to know that that photo is from BG without being able to see the logo on anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to know that that style is BG. And so you pair that with our really loud and punchy graphics and they stand on their own. And they also did not take very much time for us to do because like I said, it's just a clipping mask. Mm-hmm. Like I just grabbed a photo from the game and popped it in there. Same thing with like our men's basketball graphics. Our SID does those. Um or rather, I'm sorry, one of our interns does those. And then our baseball graphics are SID updates. So they have this huge collection of photography to choose from. And the graphic is really easy and quick for us to make. So it's like a win-win for us. Mm-hmm. And that thought process um, has really driven the brand is like that, the ease, the speed, and then finally the usability and how much it's going to stand out has really, I mean, shaped the way we do everything here, I feel like. For sure. Yeah, I like I like hearing a side of that, you know, being able to design something unique, very unique and but also be able to you know, have it be able to be delivered to whoever need whoever it needs to go to or be able to put out wherever it needs to be put out on as, you know, as simple as a snap of the finger, you know. Um I think I think that speaks a lot about like your consideration and um you know, the, in the back end of the development phase and everything like that. Um, but it also, you know, it, it, it just makes, it makes everything just work a lot better. You know, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of your shoulders. It also probably takes a lot of pressure off of the people that you work with, hoping like hoping that they didn't do something that screwed the graphic up, 
you know <laughs> you know i mean when you have to update something that's not your your work you know you you have that little voice in the back of your head i hope i don't screw anything up you know so making it making that whole process you know those those doubts and i guess those limitations to use the limitation again to make those doubts and limitations very limited and in compact if there are problems um but yeah, making that that whole process very seamless and very easy is 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 awesome. I don't think that's considered enough. Um, and like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I had to you know consider some of those things a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that I personally have never had to deal with until last year or last season. And and now seeing seeing how things are updated with with your brand and and everything like that or the BGSU brand. Um, and everything like that, it, it just makes that whole kind of consideration when it comes to design a lot, a lot cooler, you know, it's kind of small when it comes to, you know, designing, but usability and, and the ease of that should be an aspect that I think people within bigger teams should consider a lot more. Um, but yeah, so Mallory, thank you for coming on today. Um, it was awesome, you know, having you on the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your out of your busy week to to hop on and kind of talk shop and talk about what you guys are doing over there at BGSU and and your opinions on everything. So, um, thank you for hopping on today. Um, for the viewers down or for the viewers down below, I'll reference this again. Go down below, connect with Mallory, um, connect with her on Twitter, look at her, look at her work, um, and also, um, I think. We're going to link Morgan's stuff down below since she's looking for a job. We might as well link her be... stuff down below. Um, you talk highly of her, and I want people to be able to, you know, see her stuff down below. So um, view Morgan's stuff. Connect with Morgan. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I sound like – I feel like I sound like a proud mom, but, like, she's so incredible, and I am so sorry to see her go. And to the point where if I could turn it into a full-time position tomorrow, I would, and no one would be able to have her. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, there you go. If you're listening to this right now and you need someone to fill a design position, there you go. Contact Morgan. Um, but again, thank you for coming on today. Um, it was super awesome to get to know you after seeing your work for a while here and, and looking up to your work and, and what you do. Um, so it's been awesome being able to talk shop and, um, I don't know. Do you have like a plug or anything you want to say or something you want to say at the end? I usually don't, I usually don't do this, but do you have anything you kind of want to say? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. That took me like, that took me by surprise. Hopefully I didn't come off too excitable about, I get, <laughs> I get too excited about branding. So hopefully I didn't say anything too polarizing and nobody's mad at me, but that's my plug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just don't be mad at me. <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay well on that note um thank you for coming out and listening to episode 34 of season three of the creative process podcast with myself jared klein um yeah thank you and as always make sure you tell someone that you love them all right we will see you next week take it easy peace <laughs>